Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. I am Rob Maxwell and I am your host and podcast producer. The Method to the Madness is a podcast about physical fitness and wellness. Purpose of my podcast is to go over what works in physical fitness and most importantly, why it works. Hence the name, The Method to the Madness. Today's podcast is titled The Principle of Recuperation. I've been going over all these principles this week, and now we're going to tackle recuperation, hence rest. All right, before I get into that, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 100 million sales, and they've been absolutely out there killing it. Give them a shout if you need any help selling your home or looking for a new one. They can be reached at 386-451-2412 or thegildengroup.com. And as always, I will put their information in the show notes so you can simply click and go. All right. The second R in the last two days. Retrogression was yesterday and today is recuperation. So it's the principle of rest. So is it all about the principle of how I lay down and take a nap? Well, not really, but that could be part of it. No. The principle is about this. For every bit that you work, you have to rest. So you just can't train or exercise or really do anything, read, work, whatever you may do indiscriminately. There has to be an equal strategy of how much you work and how much you rest. And a lot of times a person's performance comes down to just how well they balance all of that out. All right. So let me talk about a few things here. First, let me talk about passive rest and active rest. Okay. Or passive recovery and active recovery. Those are the two types of recuperation or recovery. So passive recovery is pretty darn simple. That means you are doing nothing in between either your sets or in between your workouts. So passive recovery is essential. Passive recovery would fall in line with sleeping, resting, napping, and all of that kind of stuff. It's very, very critical. Very, very critical. Active recovery are things that you can do to attempt to speed up recovery. Although I will say sometimes what I see people do actually impedes their recovery because they're taking it too far. But active recovery could be things like very gentle exercise in between sessions. For example, what somebody might call an active recovery bike spin in between hard days of cycling hard. So in other words, like 30 minutes on the exercise bike with very little resistance to speed up recovery and spin. And by the way, the research does support that. That's absolutely a good thing to do. Active recovery can also be things like massage and some of the other gimmicks and gizmo things that are out there to help people recover. And by the way, I don't mean to be flippant with that because 
a lot of them do bear a lot of good results in the research. There's just too many of them for me to actually name out there, but there's boots, there's um, compression things that you can put over and all that. Not the compression socks, by the way. I hate to break it to you, but now those have been shown to help with recovery as far as in-between workouts. You know, the compression socks that you might see the runners wear and people wear them when they have different types of vein and venous problems. So yes, they absolutely help with the blood flow in the case of people wearing them for medical reasons. And they do help in between workouts with inflammation. So you're saying, well, Rob, then why did you just down them? I'm not downing them, they work great for that. But when you see people wearing them in the events to help performance, the studies actually do not support that. They don't say they hurt anything, although I might say that on a hot summer day, they're gonna be a lot hotter than wearing just normal ankle socks. But they don't help performance, but they do help recovery to an extent. So different things like that are what we call active recovery. They're active steps that we can take to help our muscles recovery. Uh, to recover, another one might be like foam rolling, which you see the foam rollers out there. Those things help, and that goes along the same thing as massage. Chiropractic can be used in that regard in acupuncture. So all of those things are part of active recovery and active recovery does help. When you work really hard, another yogiism I like to use, you have to rest really hard. All right. And I understand that's a yogiism. Yogi Berra, right? He said silly things that absolutely make sense. But you do. You have to put as much focus into recovery as you do your work. And you'll notice that the athletes that age more gracefully, the ones that don't lose their fitness so much, the ones that don't tend to get as hurt, and things like that are the ones that train a lot smarter as they get older. And they use the principle of recuperation to their benefit. They just understand it. It takes a ton of discipline to do that. A lot of times people who are type A's and very athletic think the way through it is the way through it and they just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. I promise you folks, it, it never works. It just doesn't work and the older you get, the less that is going to work and when you're doing it as a youngster, it is going to catch up with you. So training smarter is much more practical and yes, it takes a lot of discipline. Trust me. So one of the ways we use the principle of recuperation is let's say that we have a big event on the weekend, like a triathlon or something like that, that requires a lot of glycogen. So your glycogen is your stored carbohydrate. So you need to save that. You wanna use it in the race. You wanna use it for what you need it for on the weekend. You also don't want a tiny little a bunch of tiny little micro tears in the muscles that we call DOMS that you may notice with soreness or you may not notice because they're even less noticeable. So that doesn't mean you're fully recovered though. So you might have some DOMS and tiny little muscle tears from a hard workout the day before another workout. You don't want that because it's going to impact what we call your force production of the muscles. You're not going to be able to recruit all the muscle fibers if they're sore. So 
It takes discipline to say on those day two, one day or two day or three day, depending on how long and hard your event is, to say, I'm gonna do some active recovery days and even do passive recovery, meaning I'm gonna do nothing. That takes discipline, because athletes always think their opponent is outworking them. And that might be the case, or that might be a good mindset to take on a day that's a scheduled hard training day, to say, you know what, there's nobody here watching me but me, but I know my opponent is out there training hard. Yes, that is absolutely a wise thing to do on a scheduled hard training day, but it's an actual, really, I'm gonna use a different word, but I'll, but I'll clean it up, a moronic view to take on the day before an event. Then you have to say, you know, no, actually the guy who has the potential to beat me, if you're super competitive and worried about that, and I'm just using these examples because they're for everybody, you're gonna say, he's out resting me. He's being smart. He or she has confidence in their ability come race training event day, and they're gonna let their natural fitness take over. The natural fitness cannot take over if you're in a fatigue state. I've always said I will take the less elite athlete who is fully recovered in an event over the more elite athlete that is overtrained any day of the week. No question about it. Something magical happens when you get enough recovery. I'm sure you've been there before where you know, you've really been at it for a while and you take a couple days off from the gym because of work or whatever, stress, maybe even had a cold, so you weren't feeling well, so your body, you know, Mother Nature owes wins, knows best and kind of forced you into resting a little bit. Then you come back to the gym and it's like, wow, you're really strong. I had that happen with one of my remote clients the other day. He'd been traveling all over the world, literally, and so didn't have time to really kill it at the gym. And I noticed, I said, man, you're really strong this week. Like he was doing more pull-ups than he ever did. So his body got the rest that it actually needed. Now, can we take rest too far? Of course, that's called atrophy. When we don't do enough, we're gonna atrophy. So that's why it takes a good training plan and balance to make sure that you're getting it absolutely right, okay? here's. Well, let me, let me give you one more fact, then I'm going to give you the rules of thumb that, that the important parts that you can take home is your take-home message. Now, as a physiologist, I hear a lot of stuff about steroids all the time, and I've talked about them before. Let me explain, actually, what steroids do. So steroids' essential job, and, and you know this if you've ever been sick, if you've ever had, if you had COVID, I did, and that's one of the first, no, that is the thing they gave me to get rid of it, right? A different type of steroid, but a cortical steroid they're going to give you for inflammation of the lungs and things like that. But that's what they give you. Why? Because they have to get rid of the inflammation. Okay? Anabolic steroids, which are from the testes, which are the ones that we athletes have used to, in, to help their growth, you know, in other words, the performance enhancing drugs. By the way, I'm not a supporter of them. I've never used them. I don't think they're good in the sense for your health. The side effects are there. It's well known that sure, some athletes can get away with it and maybe never have any health issues, but 
you're playing Russian roulette because you just don't know. Because there have been plenty of athletes that have used steroids that do become sick and die because they impact all of the organs, not just the muscles. Okay, so the liver, the kidneys, and and, and even the heart will get the same effects of the steroids as the muscles, which is not what you want. You just can't control. You can inject it into your fanny and hope that it goes to your quadriceps and your biceps and your shoulders and your pecs and on your calves and all that great stuff. And it does, but there's no controlling once it hits the bloodstream that it doesn't go to your brain, to your spleen, to your liver, to your kidneys, to your heart. Okay. So that's why they're extremely deadly, and they are, okay, so let me get that out of the way. But I also want to state that yes, sadly, they do work. And in the cases of people that take them under medical supervision for other medical reasons, you know, there's absolutely benefits to them because they're being used with the exact right dosage being measured by a physician and doing all those kinds of things, and that's very different than getting it from the janitor named Waldo that works at your local health and fitness club. And yes, that stuff used to go on for sure, okay? So we got that out of the way. They can work in medical situations under the supervision of a very well-trained physician. They can work in athletics to make you a better athlete, and I'll explain that in a second, how that works and why that works and how is that relevant to today's topic and they also are very quite dangerous. Okay, so those are your three facts about them. Now, why they work? Because they are an anti-inflammatory that absolutely speed up recovery. Get that? Principle of recuperation. So people that are taking anabolic steroids don't need as much rest as people that don't. That's why they work. I often hear people say, silly things they just ignorant because they don't understand the drug oh that dude was so small before he took steroids it's like well okay so they don't do anything to change your muscle bellies meaning that that's genetic they don't turn you from a slow twitcher to a fast twitcher that's genetic they don't turn you from an ectomorphous skinny body type into a mesomorph a muscular body type they don't do those things what they do is speed up what you already have okay that's that's what they do so there's no truth to oh he once was a little guy you know we hear that a lot about barry bonds and barry bonds mostly took growth hormone which is slightly different from steroids but same effect but they'll say oh you know he wasn't very big okay so that's not true did he get bigger using well he always denied it but i think we all know and whatever that Barry Bonds took performance enhancing drugs, okay? Did he get bigger? Of course he did, but he wasn't this super skinny guy either. I mean, it's very deceiving when you see people in their baseball jerseys or football jerseys, you know, it's like, oh, they're not a very big guy. And it's like, I hear people say that about um, defensive backs in the NFL. They'll say, they'll see him in their jerseys. Oh, he's not very big. And then you look him up, he's like 5'10", 195 pounds. I'm like, Dude, I'm, I'm 165 pounds and I got decent muscle. <laughs> 5'10", 195 is pretty jacked, okay? You know, so they're actually, they got the good frames, all right? They just happen to get bigger 
taking them. So it doesn't do anything that the body's not gonna naturally do. It just speeds up the process and makes training more, you're more able to increase your frequency of training because you don't have to take as much time off. That's what they do. So these steroids speed up the principle of recuperation, so to say. Of course, they do it at the expense of your health, but I'm explaining why they work and I wanna get that myth out of the way, okay? So now let's get to the meat of the matter of how to best use the principle of recuperation. All right, so I talked about it a couple days ago in periodization. So have a plan. It can be a loose plan, but have a plan. You know, there are different adaptations that you're trying to achieve. If you want more endurance, you have to kind of figure out what's the type of exercise and training that's going to increase your endurance and have a plan. The plan shouldn't be what everybody else is doing on Instagram. The plan shouldn't be whatever everybody's doing at the gym or the plan shouldn't be what everybody's doing because a certain personal trainer who may not be very qualified is having all of his clients do the same thing. And I'm gonna get into the principle of individuality because it's so critical. You have to have a specific plan for what you are trying to accomplish. And I talked about that with the principle of specificity and the SEDS principle of specific adaptations to impose demand. So you have to have a plan. That's the first thing. It can be a loose plan. Like I'm a huge believer in loose plans. I make myself a loose plan, meaning I look at what I need. I know the days of the week that work for certain things based on time, schedule, sleep, principle of recuperation, see right there. Um, the, the, the days I have the most time to train, all those kind of things. Um, so I look at it that way and I train on certain days based on that. So that's like a nice little um, plan, loose plan. I know what I want to accomplish that week and I sit down and I, and I plan out my week based on what I need. So I have this loose plan. Now, if I'm not feeling good, if I'm not, if I run out of time and all this kind of stuff, I just listen to that and I roll with it and that's okay and I make an adjustment where necessary. That's why it's a loose plan and I believe in loose plans and I make loose plans for my clients too. I have to. I mean, I'm not only their trainer, I'm also their coordinator of when they're going to get in and make all this stuff work. So a lot of times, you know, we'll have this workout or my clients typically come anywhere from two to three times a week and we might have this workout set up and then the next thing you know, they text me and say, hey, I'm flying out to, to wherever, I guess I'm not going to work out this week because I'm going to be off my plan. It's like, well, of course that's not the best alternative. You have to have a loose plan and say, no, we'll do your workout this day. We'll only do two this week instead of three. And when you land, you know, let's do some calisthenic type exercises. So anyway, a nice loose plan is great to have with my clients too. And that's how I plan it out. I do an evaluation. I figure out what they need. I tell them what days they should do it on. I tell them how to progress. And then we keep it kind of loose and communicate back and forth and make it work. So you have your plan. You have to plan in your recuperation. That's the big key. Plan in your recuperation. I like to give one of my clients what I call an active rest day every Sunday. It works really good for him because I know he drives himself pretty darn hard. He likes to push hard 
and he likes to be told or have something to do even on a Sunday. So I say, all right, active rest, which means he can kind of do whatever he wants to do that's not too impactful on his body. So we plan in the rest. Another great key that I can tell you to do that I'm gonna help you with with the principle of recuperation is always follow a harder day with an easy day. That's how we can really utilize the principle of recuperation. So if we're working hard, say, at the track and doing running intervals, or we have master's swim on a Monday or whatever, those are hard workouts. If you meet your bike friends on a Sunday and it's a really hard ride, okay, the day after should be something easier, a lot easier and a lot of times using different muscle groups that's how you get into the principle of recuperation so in other words maybe sunday was that really hard bike ride you like to do monday can be an easier swim which uses a lot more upper body so that would be a way you can do it or you can just say hard easy hard easy so if you're not into doing all those competitive endurance stuff and you're a fan of staying well in fitness which is absolutely awesome i don't know why people just don't do more of this meaning weight train three days a week walk power walk the rest that's great too it absolutely is so weight training can be pretty stressful it's anaerobic so the next day do your nice power walk and you do that say six days a week weight train walk weight train walk great plan take sunday off so these are the ways we can use the principle of recuperation. And then finally, make sure you eat appropriately. I always tell people when they're training for something, it's not the time to lose weight. When you're training for your first marathon, it's not the time to say, I wanna drop 20 pounds before I do it. No, food is part of the principle of recuperation. It helps you recover. If you don't eat a balanced diet, you are not going to recover. Let me repeat. If you do not eat a balanced diet and enough calories, you are not going to recover. You need to eat a sensible diet. I hate when I see people starving themselves to try to take off a few pounds. It's not going to work. When you have an active lifestyle, you need to eat and eat moderately. Okay? So, we have to make sure we're getting the nutrition we need. Finally, sleep. Yes, you got to sleep. You got to get your rest, okay? Now, I'm not gonna tell you there's a perfect amount of hours per night because all the research I've seen says there isn't a perfect amount. But if you get up dragging ass in the morning, okay, you have not slept enough. If you need an alarm clock to wake you up, you have not slept enough. Now, this is all assuming everything is normal and you didn't have 14 beers the night before okay and you know who i'm talking to out there right i know right now you know exactly who i'm talking to now everybody's gonna wonder who i'm talking to ha 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 try to figure it out but anyway no that that doesn't relate to this person these people a lot more people do that than just one okay but if you didn't do that the night before and you really can't get out of bed and you set your alarm and all that, you're not sleeping enough and you need to adjust that. You really do and you need to figure out what's going on. Are you drinking coffee at night? Are you on your screen at night? 
Are you eating too close to bedtime? Those are all the things that could do it, but we absolutely have to get our rest, okay? So the principle of recuperation tells us, yes, it's great to work hard, but we have to rest hard too. And what we need is more moderation. I really hope I'm cleaning up all these principles. They're a lot of fun. And tomorrow I'm gonna to cover the principle of individuality. Until then, be max fit and be max well.